This is Darrell Lalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 105. How you like me now? Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobster, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye what's going on btm tribe we're back for another installment of the before the millions podcast and on today's episode we are speaking to mr antoine martel antoine is a turnkey investor based out of los angeles california Antoine, for the past four years, has been investing in residential real estate in markets all around the country, starting in Memphis. Now, he's built his rental portfolio to over $1 million in assets. And on today's show, guys, we are actually talking about the inner workings of his business, an up-and-coming turnkey real estate business. And a turnkey property is a property that you can buy almost like a done for you solution, right? So somebody else goes and finds the property, they close on the property, they do all the rehab and the renovations, they actually they actually market the property to tenants and put tenants in there. And then they sell you the property and you have a brand new rental property that's already cash flowing for you. No setup required, right? So that's what a turnkey business is. And Antoine has built his turnkey business from the ground up, offering investors these types of solutions. Now, before we get into Antoine's story and how he flipped 50 houses last year and how he plans on flipping 100 houses this year, first and foremost, let's connect on Instagram. Instagram is my social media platform of choice. So let's connect on Instagram. My Instagram is Lalia, D-A-R-A-Y-O-L-A-L-E-Y-E. Drop by, shoot me a DM, and of course, follow along on the journey. Now, if you are not on Instagram or you prefer Facebook, we also have a Facebook group, and that is at beforethemillions.com forward slash group. Now, this is where the Before the Millions tribe congregates. So regardless as to whether or not we connect on Instagram, you need to be a part of the group. On both platforms, it's a little bit more of an insight into some of the daily routines that I have and some of the scriptures and quotes and inspiration and people I'm connecting with and shows I'm going on and deals that I'm doing and people that meetings being attended. Oh, and travel. Lots of lots of travel, travel and food. So, yeah, let's connect now for a community of real estate entrepreneurs and investors. If you you have questions surrounding what to do next and how to get started, if you have questions surrounding those needs, uh, that's totally the Before the Millions tribe over at beforethemillions.com forward slash group. And with over 500 members, 
not only can you help somebody else get to their goal, but I'm sure there are a ton of people in the group that I love to help you get to your goal as well. Last but not least, if you haven't yet already left us a review in iTunes, support the podcast. Head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast directory, your favorite podcasting app, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I always say SoundCloud and we don't yet have SoundCloud, but Stitcher, Google Play, a Spotify, Pocket Cast, Riot Cast, and a bunch more. Head over to your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. The latest review came in from T. Lamont Speaks, and it goes as thus. I have listened to quite a few episodes of this podcast. It offers rare value and has whet my appetite for looking for real estate as another stream. I am in full support. T. Lamont, we definitely, definitely appreciate your review, your five-star review and your feedback. Again, guys, leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, and you will help the podcast grow and reach more people in ways that you cannot imagine. Okay, tip of the week, and then showtime. DeRay's Tip of the Week. Okay, so this tip of the week is brought to you by the Before the Millions eight-week intensive workshop. If you haven't yet heard about my intensive workshop, you are totally 100% missing out on a game changer. Now, I started doing this workshop back in 2018 when I realized that there was a need for people who haven't yet gotten started in real estate, who are looking for freedom through real estate, right? Maybe they've tried to do their first few deals. Maybe they haven't yet gotten off the fence because they're scared or they don't have the money or they don't have the leverage or they don't have the mentor. Or they don't know how to analyze deals or they're not sure what markets to start with. They just have this big question mark around real estate and they're just like, dude, I wish I can get started. I want to create this extra stream of income. I want to quit my job. I just don't know what to do. I created this workshop for those people. And in this workshop, I literally help you side by side. And we get on a call every single Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We get on a call, a video call, right? And we go over your deals. We go over your scripts. We go over your mindset blocks. We go over your goals. And you have me (laughs) and you have other investors in this group. And we get on a call for one to two hours. And we help you build your real estate investing business and portfolio. And what's crazier, right? In addition to that group meeting, I personally mentor you the whole way. If you are simply tired of the day-to-day grind and you need some type of system, some type of structure to help you get started with one of the best asset classes in the world, to start putting large heaps of cash in your pocket like 5 and 10K paydays, and to start a stream of passive income that pays you every single month for the rest of your life. If that's something that you're interested in, and I mean real interest, I don't mean the type of interest that you have for a day or a week or even a month, but I mean like a burning desire to actually do something about your current circumstance. You can head over now to beforethemillions.com forward slash webinar. That's beforethemillions.com forward slash webinar. And I'm going to show you step by step how myself and my clients have built our real estate system so that we can guarantee that we do deals every month. We're not playing a guessing game. It's a numbers game. We're not hoping for deals. We're solving problems and we're taking names. So on this live webinar, and I don't do very many live webinars. This is probably, this is not probably, this is my third live webinar, May 14th, 2019, my third live webinar. You don't want to miss it. I'm going to show you exactly 
how we've been able to build our business. I'm going to show you exactly the system that I use to create generational wealth for myself and my family that you can use with no prior education or experience or credibility. I'm going to show you the secret to time freedom, guys. You know, I'm a big fan of the four hour work week and I built my system surrounding the systems taught and mentioned in that book. And my clients are doing the exact same thing. So if you're hungry for this change, if you're hungry for real estate investing, if you're hungry to build generational wealth for yourself and your family, and you just don't know where to start, or you want my help and guidance and my support and the tools and resources that we have, I implore you head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash webinar, where I'm going to host a live webinar showing you the step-by-step process that we use to create a real estate investing business. And we're going to be on this webinar for about 45 minutes to an hour. And after the webinar, I'm answering a ton of questions. And if you take what I teach you in the webinar and go implement it, oh my goodness, you're going to get massive results. But if you take what, what you learn in the webinar and you decide that you best want to learn this under my tutelage and that something like an eight-week workshop would greatly benefit you where we're working side-by-side side, solving all your real estate problems, building up a business that previously didn't exist literally from scratch to a full-fledged real estate system by the time you're done with the workshop. And some have even gotten their first deal in the workshop. So if you realize after this webinar that you want me alongside you and you want to actually use the system that I use, then we can have a conversation about you and my eight-week workshop. My eight-week workshop is not something that anybody can simply participate in or anybody can simply join. It's a close-knit community of investors, and you actually have to go through an interview process and fill out an application. So if you're like, Dore, forget the webinar. I am so there. I've been wanting this type of system and this type of mentoring from you. Then you can head straight over to beforethemillions.com forward slash workshop and just check out the workshop and what we have to offer and fill out your application. But for the next few weeks, I'm putting my all into this webinar and I'm giving away some of my biggest tools and resources. Again, you don't want to miss this webinar. May 14th, mark your calendar, beforethemillions.com forward slash webinar. Now let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. I was born in Toronto, Canada. I moved to the United States in 2000. I moved to San Francisco. My dad got a job transfer. That company sponsored my whole family so that we could move here. And then we became citizens over time after we were here for 10 years. I grew up in, in the Bay Area, went to community college there, was kind of an entrepreneur my whole life. I was always the one who was selling stuff at school, whether it be, you know, candy bars or selling soda because the school didn't sell soda because it wasn't healthy. And I would buy soda packs at, you know, Walgreens and bring it to school and sell them for a buck each. And I remember having like the, the tables, the lunch tables just full of dollar bills. And then the school came and shut us down. They're like, you guys can't be selling soda here and blah, blah, blah. So I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've had many businesses, you know, in the Bay Area going through high school and middle school and all that kind of stuff. And then went to high school, went to community college locally in San Mateo, which is in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. And then I eventually I moved down to Los Angeles. I transferred to a four-year university down here, Loyola Marymount University, where I actually studied entrepreneurship. So that was my, my major was in entrepreneurship. Finished up there in two years. And then right after college, I was at the point where I was like, all right, I can either go and get a job with this entrepreneurship degree and I could start working for, you know, pretty much a startup or, or a company, a smaller company is what I wanted to work for. But I decided that 
I always wanted to just have my own company and start my own business. So if I was going to take that opportunity and actually go and start my own company, it was going to be at that very moment. So that's exactly what I did. I started while I was at university, I started researching about real estate investing, how to flip houses, rental properties, all that kind of stuff. Why? My brother dragged me into a real estate investing course. He had paid all this money to, to join this, this program that teaches you how to invest in real estate, all that kind of stuff. And he dragged me into it and I was like, why are you paying for this scammy program that's not going to teach you anything and all this kind of stuff? And he dragged me into it and it kind of opened my eyes about you know what the numbers actually look like that people actually can buy and do buy rental properties all across the country without very much experience. Using other people's money or using a turnkey provider. So using somebody who's on the ground, that's kind of where that whole thing came in. I was like, oh wow, people are actually you know, buying these houses out of state and there's just somebody on the ground who's making them nice and pretty, putting a tenant, handling everything, right? From A to Z so that that person can just buy it in the end. So that's kind of while I was at college, I was introduced to that whole concept. And then my dad was like, we, me and my brother were talking to my dad about it. And my dad was like, yeah, that interests me because my dad has his own company. He doesn't have a 401k. He had some money in the bank that he wanted to invest, but he didn't know he didn't have a retirement plan. So we were like, okay, well, why don't we just build a rental property portfolio out of state? And that could be your retirement plan. And then my last semester, I know it's a long story, but my last semester at university, I had found a property. I found a city out of state, Memphis, Tennessee. I had like done my whole analysis on that market. I found a property. I had built a team in Memphis and I was like, Hey dad, here's a property. We can buy it. We can renovate it. We can rent it out and then we can do a cash out refinance with this lender and pull our money out and do it all over again. He was like, okay, let's do it. My last semester at LMU, at Loyola Marymount University, my university, uh, we bought our first house and it went successfully. I gave my dad his money back and then I was like, all right, you want me to keep doing this after graduation or I can go and get a job? And he was like, no, you can keep doing this out. He was like, you, you know, you have a couple months to figure it out. And after graduation, I, like a couple months out, I had bought like five houses, did a whole portfolio refinance, gave him more money back, and then just kept going from there and there and there. Aswan, obviously, you know that this is not how the typical person starts. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, you majored in entrepreneurship. You wanted to start a business. You talked to your brother about, or you went to this real estate investing seminar. Mm -hmm. And that seminar was geared towards investing. And this was around the time that you wanted to start your business. Were there any distinctions between investing and business at the time? And what, what was your, your mindset towards the business that you were looking to start as opposed to maybe stopping that and then starting to invest? Like what was, what was walk me through that process. So start, I didn't know that I wanted to start a real estate company or anything like, like what I've built today. Like last year I did 60, like I did 60 single family homes that I flipped pretty much. And then this year I'm going to do over a hundred homes. I never thought that if you asked me two years ago, if I would do that, it would, that wouldn't have been my answer. My whole, my whole thing was, I always, I mean, I, I always wanted to have my own company, I guess, but I didn't know what it would take. So while I was at Loyola Marymount university, while I was at college, I always thought it would be in tech or like doing an app or something like that. Cause that's what was hot a couple of years ago, but that's since died down. And then this whole real estate thing, going to that seminar, learning about it, learning that you actually can make a business out of it. And then my dad pitching in his two cents and be like, hey, yeah, that actually would make sense for me because I don't have a 401k. So it's kind of all the pieces kind of aligned. And then all I had to do was kind of just spend the time to learn about how to build that 
business because I already had the money. My dad had $40,000, which allowed me to buy that first house. So the money was there. The idea was there. Now it was just me to try to, you know, put two and two together so that I could, could give back to my parents for paying for my university, for doing, for bringing us to this country, giving us citizenship, all this kind of stuff. Right. So that's kind of, I didn't really go into it like, Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Now I have my own company. It was just like, okay, let's see how I can help my dad with his retirement. When it comes to real estate investing, more specifically the way you got started, there's a major learning curve. I mean, you hadn't bought a single family home. I don't even know if you've learned even how to apply for a rental application. Like, you know, so, so I'm just thinking about the learning curve that you're able to step up to. And it's not like a learning curve. Oh, let me find, figure out how to buy my first home. Yeah. $40,000 is at stake. And, and walk me through this transaction. What, what exactly did you do? Because it wasn't, you weren't, <laughs> yeah. you weren't into turnkeys yet. No, no, not at all. I had known, so I had learned through that seminar and through bigger, like I was going hard learned. Like the last two years at college, I had moved all my classes to night from 5 to 10 p.m. And then from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., I would just be studying real estate and learning how ever since that first seminar, I was just like hooked on it about learning as much as I possibly could about all the different how to flip houses, how to wholesale, turnkey, buying rentals, apartment building, you name it. I was. I had like listened to podcasts and take notes and was on bigger pockets all day long trying to learn more and more. And then also spending that time during the day to actually network with people and stuff like that. So walk you through that first deal. So the first deal, like the numbers of the deal were pretty much, we bought the property for $40,000. We put a couple thousand dollars into it just in renovation. It needed like new carpeting and new flooring in the kitchen. It was pretty very light rehab. The way that I found that deal was pretty much I had set up searches in Memphis. So I'd done my research on, on Memphis that it was a good market for cash flowing rental properties. I found some neighborhoods that had low crime that were blue collar neighborhoods, you know, all the stuff that you hear in, in just listening to these podcasts. I was like, oh, this is how you find a good neighborhood. And I would just take notes and then I would go and apply it to my market. And I would say, okay, well, this is a good neighborhood for me then. I found a neighborhood. I found that it was close to jobs. The jobs were very close by. There was low crime. It was blue collar. The prices were right for the rents. And then I just like set my search in Redfin and I would every day I would just check, wake up early and just check at 7 a.m. Wake up and just check the new listings. And I would just run them through a calculator. There's even a calculator on bigger pockets that you can like plug in for burring, which is what the strategy I wanted to apply. Then this property came up. I called the listing agent. Again, I didn't have a team here. I've just done my homework on the market and the neighborhood. I called the listing agent and I had talked to at this point, probably 200 agents in, in Memphis. I used to go to Trulia after I found out that Memphis was a good market then I would just go on Trulia or Zillow and just go to the agents tab. And I would just call cold call agents all day long and tell them what I was trying to do. Hey, my dad has $40,000. I want to buy a rental property, rehab it buy a rental property, rehab it, rent it out, and then do a cash out refinance and keep working with you agent so that we can do more deals and you can make more commissions. So I would cold call all these agents. So I knew like at this point how to separate a good agent from a bad agent. And then that, that phone call that I had with that listing agent for a property that came up that kind of hit all my criteria. I called him and asked him, you know, Hey, do you have somebody who can renovate this place? Hey, do you have a property management company? Hey, do you have this? And he had like, he had the whole spectrum already laid out and ready to go. And then I was like, okay, this is, this is the, the chance. So we made the offer, got accepted right away. And then it was like, oh shit, we're actually doing this. So that's how that first deal went down. But it took, it took cold calling 200 agents. It took all that homework up front to actually find that first deal and to get it going. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it's crazy. I have this challenge going on right now. And one of the first things that I have them doing is calling agents, cold calling agents, similar uh-huh. to what you do, right? Some people are like, yeah, I've been calling agents all day and no agents are able to work with me or willing to work with me because I'm telling them to find investor-friendly agents, how to find investor-friendly agents. Yep. And I'll get on the phone with them like, so um, what have you been doing? Who are the agents you've been calling? How many calls have you made? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I made like, like, I made like 10 calls. Like literally nobody knows how to do this strategy. Nobody's ever heard of this. I'm like, you made 10 calls. Yeah. You didn't call it nearly enough. You need to call 10 times more people than that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, to find most, one, to find one good person. Yeah. I want to kind of walk through the next few years and what you started yeah. to do to build your business because you, you kind of found this formula and you're like, okay, this works. Mm-hmm. What do you do next to repeat that process? Yeah. Good question. At this point. So I graduated in May. By the end of the year, I had like eight single family homes that I had kind of all done this way through the Burr strategy, giving back. And Burr strategy means buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, right? So by the end of the, by, I graduated in May. By the end of the year, I had like eight homes. So my dad had a pretty good portfolio. He was happy. And then I was like, hey, so this is the thing about scaling. How can I actually make the, turn this into a business? And it was like, okay, well, there's probably plenty of other families just like my dad who, you know, they have their own business or the parents work full time, but they want to buy rentals. They're sick of the stock market. They want to invest in something besides the stock market that they can have control of that has tax advantages that they can write off all these things. And then they're growing their equity, building their equity over time, and they can use financial leverage. There's only one thing where you can do all of those things and that's real estate and rental properties. So it was kind of a natural thing because we had built this portfolio in Memphis. Friends and family started to catch wind of what we were doing. You know, if you have rental properties out of state and you're in California, if you go to a dinner and you tell people talk about what they're investing in and you come and say, I have 10 single family homes in Memphis, Tennessee. Everybody's like, what the hell you have? What? You know, and then it's just a conversation starter. So it was just a natural thing where my dad would have friends, friends of family members, family friends who would reach out to him and just be like, Hey, how did you do this? Can Antoine do this for me? And he was like, yeah, sure. We can, we actually have some properties we haven't refinanced yet. Do you want to buy them before we refinance? They're going to be worth this amount of money. And that's how, like, I knew about turnkey, but I didn't know that, that, uh, I was ever going to get into that space, but then it was just, you know, pretty much I was like, okay, I can just keep working and building my parents' portfolio, but there's, I can also build a portfolio for all these other family friends that we have. So we started just selling properties out of our portfolio. We would make a profit, which would help us buy more properties that we can offer to more families. And that's like how the whole business grew. And then it was kind of reaching outside of our circle into like, okay, who else can I help? What other families can I reach out to? Can we do marketing to find more of these families that match this criteria? So at what point did you decide that this was a viable business on its own? Probably six months in. Six months After in. So I, what, what year yeah. did you graduate? I graduated in 2017. 2017. Okay. And then six months after that, you decided that this is, this is something that you can see yourself because you said that you were still, you were still working. So it sounds like even though you had done a successful deal when you graduated, you still had some reservations about if this was something that could sustain you full time. Right. So it yeah. sounds like you went to go do something. And then literally like a couple of days later, like, ah, I don't know if I should be here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't actually go and get, it was more like what my last semester at university, I bought a house. So it was like April and I graduated the next month. So in April we bought the first house and then I was like, dad, just pay for my rent for three months. Let me figure this shit out. He paid for my rent. And you know, we had a deal, whatever. And then he was like, okay, if you keep doing this and it works out, then we'll, we'll keep going. And then after graduation, 
like I would say from May until November or something, I had built those eight houses that that portfolio that he had. And then at that point, so six months after graduation, I was like, Hey, you know what? We can start just doing this for other families. We just need to find more money so that I can buy more property. Cause that we were tapped out of money at that point. So I was like, okay, I just need to go and raise money to buy more houses because I also started seeing that we had bought like a house or two a month. Right. But then I would look at the name the market and I would be like, Oh wow, there's actually like three, I could potentially buy three or four houses. So there's more deals that I'm passing on. I just don't have the money. So why don't I buy those houses, sell them to somebody like my dad and there's the business. So that kind of clicked once I just got into the groove of things. And again, you don't, I didn't go into this thinking like have this all planned out. It just, once you get moving and start taking action, you started noticing things and you're like, Oh, there's probably, you know, a million people like my dad. And there's also a million other deals that I'm passing on. Okay. What's the missing thing? Money. So that was the kind of the next phase, which was raising money where I raised a couple million bucks to go and buy these properties, to rehab them, to rent them out, to sell them to these people who were like my father. Yeah. And what's crazy about your journey, Antoine, is that, and it's actually not crazy. It's actually something that every single one of us goes through, but from the outside looking in, it looks so crazy. But one thing I've noticed about every successful entrepreneur, as we kind of progress, like we never have that end goal fully mapped out. Like what you're, what you're doing today is not what you thought you were going to be doing back in 2017, no. but you took a leap of faith. You mm -hmm. tried something new. You stepped outside of your comfort zone. You took a risk. You put your yeah. father's money on the line yeah. and right? Yeah. Like the closer and closer that you get, the more and more vivid, like the, the picture becomes because you're closer and closer. So you're able to kind of see more and more. So the closer you got to a goal per se, you were like, okay, well now these are the new options that are presented for me. Whereas if yep. you were still at that starting point, you wouldn't be able to see those new options because you never took that first step. Yep. And exactly. it's something that I see consistently amongst every single entrepreneur that grows and builds their business. So the next step of building your business, I want to talk about marketing because you mentioned that quite a few times. When did your website go up? So I actually saw this a couple months ago. I went and found my old website, which I used because again, I grew my portfolio for my dad. People started reaching out to us just because we were like talking about it, sharing about it. And you know, I was just graduating. So I would post on Instagram and all this kind of stuff. Like, Hey, I just bought a house in Memphis and everybody who graduated is like, what the hell you did? What? So it kind of just naturally grew like that because it was such a odd thing for many, for many people who don't know about real estate, real estate investing. Then people started to reach out to us. I created an email list and I started just emailing properties that we had just purchased. So I would like buy a house, I would start the renovation, then I would email it out to people be like, Hey, this is the house that we just bought. We're doing this to it. And then we're going to rent it out for this amount. Let me know if you want to buy it before we refinance it out and hold it for ourselves. So that's all I did. And I was just collecting emails, just email it out. That's how it all started. Then email is a real pain in the ass. So I just created a website. I'm really good with WordPress. I can make a whip up something in a day. It's not going to look very good. Like what you see today on my website, but I whipped up a website and then I would just list the properties on there and to kind of build a, a brand around what we were doing so that if people did want to share it, it wasn't like, Oh yeah, here forward the email it was like, come and visit the website. So I made a really janky website probably in late 2017. So November, December, right when I kind of figured out, Hey, like we can start selling these things to other people before we refi. I made a website, started putting up some deals we were working on up there. A couple months after that, once the website started working and people actually started coming to the website that weren't like that were just referred to us, then I was like, okay, this is, 
Hmm. This is getting real. And then I spent all that money for the website you see today, which is like a legit website. So now people can actually share, but it always started with word of mouth. It all started with us just documenting and sharing what we were doing and telling people about it and, you know, writing articles and stuff like that. How did you have that insight? I mean, you, I, I want to kind of talk about the insight that you're getting and you're presenting to your group because yeah. what I picture right now as your group is me, dad, and brother. And yeah. whenever I have an idea, I want to, I'm going to drop it in a group chat. I'm going to get us on through. We're going to go to lunch and we're going to talk about this. And if they like it, we're going to, we're going to move forward with this. So that's kind of what I'm picturing, but I want you to kind of tell us what's going on. Where are you getting these ideas from the start of email list? Like, I mean, where do you even think to do some of these things? And then how, how was your family reacting to some of the changes and things you want to do? Yeah. So it was mostly at this point, it was mostly me at the time. So my brother was actually at university still. He was at community college. So he was trying to do that. He was trying to be a realtor. So he was not very involved at that point. And then my dad has a full-time job or has a business. So he wasn't very involved. It was kind of me just figuring out the next steps and going back to like, how do you know to do an email list? I had had multiple businesses before where I kind of learned all those things. So I knew about MailChimp. I knew about WordPress. That's why I was able to do these things so fast because this is what I would do after school. This is what I would do on the weekends when I was bored. I would just mess around and create little companies and try to sell as much stuff as I could over the weekend. So I kind of learned all, all of those things. And then, you know, just networking and meeting people like my dad's friends who wanted the rental properties, we would just collect their emails and then I would just email them like an Excel model for like looking, underwriting the deal. So looking at the cash flow so that they can look at the numbers before they bought it. So it kind of just started like that. And then it was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just take this Excel and I'll just email 10 people instead of just one person. And then it kind of grew, grew, grew. And I was like, okay, now I'm emailing 50 people. Let me just make a website and tell people to go check the website instead of having to send all these emails every week or whatever. So that's kind of how, how it all happened. It wasn't really because also I was in Los Angeles. My dad and my brother were in San Francisco still. So I was kind of down here by myself. So there wasn't much, much meetings or stuff like that. I was like, and Antoine would kind of figure it out. And then once he had a good idea, he would kind of pitch it to them. If it involved pitch it to my dad, if it involved money, but most of it was just me just trying to figure out, okay, we just bought a house. Let me see if I can try to sell it. How, what can I try doing to try to sell this property? So build the website, try MailChimp, all that kind of stuff. What, what have you found works the best uh, out of all the marketing tools that you now use today? Facebook ads is great for generating new leads. And then once you create a lead with a Facebook ad, then I've been doing email blasts and email have blasts. Started, uh, have you started retargeting to like your competition? Not to my competition. That's a good idea. Mastermind. Been, we're, we're, we're masterminding Antoine. <laughs> that's a good idea. Write that down. I've been retargeting to people who actually visited my website, but didn't fill out the form. So Facebook um, is what, what's leading and then your email list is pretty powerful. Yep, exactly. And then the email list is like all new properties. So every Thursday we pitch, we send out emails for new properties that we have available. And that has a very high conversion. The other thing too, that I've been doing is text message blasts. So actually texting like all the people on my list and be like, Hey, there's a new property available. Let me know if you want to buy it before somebody else does kind of thing. And that's been like, if you want to see people running to your website, that's how you do it. Because it shows up on everybody's phone. Some people don't have their certain email showing up on their phone, but everybody has their text message showing no matter what phone number is coming. So, you know, when you have 10,000 people on your text, like I did an email blast for, I have 10,000 phone numbers. I did a text message blast to 10,000 people and my website crashed. Like there was, <laughs> <laughs> and the WordPress thing just went like, 
five people, 10 people. And then it was like, it had like 70 or a hundred people on the website. And then it just like the whole wow. thing turned off. So even if it's just a hundred people out of 10,000, that's still, you know, that's 1% of the people going to your website instantaneously too. As soon as you click send, the people are there. Whereas email, it kind of, there's some drag to it. Yeah, for sure. What software are you using for your text blast? Textedly. Textedly. I've never heard of that. That's interesting. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. I want to kind of talk about your brother really quick because you said that he was studying at the time to become a real estate agent. Yep. Now, we're in present day. We're in 2019. What's going on with him now that the business has kind of proven itself and what, what is he up to? Yep. So at the beginning of the year, we had a family trip. We went to Tulum, Mexico. Kind of while we were there, we we're all kind of regrouping because last year we did 60 houses, which was kind of, I did all most of the heavy lifting. My brother was trying to be a real estate agent, so he wasn't so involved. And my dad had a full-time job. So he would help with stuff after his work. And he did a lot of stuff too, but I was the one kind of running the whole show and selling every single house, all that kind of stuff. While we were in Mexico, I was, you know, being a real estate agent, my brother's younger than me. So he's 22 years old. Being a 22 year old real estate agent in the San Francisco Bay area where homes are like, like $2 million or, or more. I forget you know, no, that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like you're, you can go door knocking and stuff like that or send direct mailers. And like, you just have to hustle really hard to get a deal. It's, it's, it's very difficult because these people who own the like that's a lot of money sitting in these people's houses. So they want to just, they're just going to hire the best of the best. Why would they take a risk hiring a 22 year old, you know, to sell their house? It just makes a lot more work to get one lead. Whereas if he was like 55 years old and it doesn't matter if he's, if he had the same amount of experience, it's just because he is older and stuff like that. They have this, they're going to work with that person over my brother. So it was really hard for him to get any deals to make any headway. And so kind of while we were in Mexico, while we were talking, while I was talking to him, I kind of pitched it to him. Hey, do you want to just, why are you doing this real estate agent thing? Do you want to just come on with me full time and help run the business and just forget all the, the agency side of things, just come and help me sell more houses. Because so last year I did 60 houses this year. I want to do over a hundred. So I'm going to need more people. I can't do it all by myself. And I was like, you already know most of this business. Why don't you just come in, come in with me and help me full time. And I don't think he ever thought of doing that or that that was a possibility. He kind of wanted to go his own route, but I just kind of laid it out to him that he would be involved in certain things and he would, you know, be able to own part of the company and be able to manage part of the things that he was at, you know, a necessity to be able to move things forward. And I think he just wanted to have that importance in the company and want to do something that had an impact. So after I pitched that to him, we came back from Mexico and he, called his broker and said, I'm quitting. And now he's working for, for the company. <laughs> it's like, I knew where I was going with that question and I had a feeling and I, I you, we haven't talked about this before, but that's beautiful. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So man, I, I really love your story, Antoine. And this is simply amazing how you've been able to build your business so fast. And I, I've recently, more recently have a lot more entrepreneurs on here like me who are building businesses in their twenties and they're doing it at rapid rates. And it's been beautiful to kind of produce those episodes. So knowing that you're one of those people, I'm excited to get this out. Now, do you have any advice for somebody who's just not starting now? who's just like, man, I, I want to be a real estate investor. And I often, I often don't coin myself as an investor. Um, what's crazy about the shirt that you're wearing is I love talking about, we're not, we're not investors. We are entrepreneurs. We're not wholesalers. Yep. We're not fixers and flippers. We, we don't, I don't carry any of those titles. Now we can yep. do these things. We can perform these actions, but we're problem solvers. We're entrepreneurs where, you know, this is, this is what we are. So when I saw that shirt when we first got on the call, I was like, 
he knows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And it, like, because there is like real estate holes, but like for guys like me and you, it's like when a deal hits our desk, it's like, okay, what can I do with this? So it's just like any, a problem comes to you and you got to solve it. That's what entrepreneur means. So the problem solver. So I'm just a real estate problem solver. When I get a shitty house, what can I do with it? You know, I, I could wholesale it. I could flip it. I could do a turnkey rental, et cetera. That's it. That's it. So, so this, this, this person who's maybe just fresh out of college, maybe yeah. somebody who doesn't have the experience that your brother has, but they're like, man, I want to get into real estate. I want to start, I want to, I want to do what Antoine has done. Where, where do I start? Do I go to a seminar? Do I start reading books? Do I listen to a, a ton more podcasts or do I go take action? Like what are some of the things that you know will help somebody get to success if they're just starting out? Yeah. So I would say the first thing you have to do is learn. So I always say like, it took me, I studied for two years before I ever invested or took my dad's money and invested it. Right. You have to learn because for example, if you're fresh out of college, you don't have probably 20 or $50,000 in the bank to actually do a deal. And it really does take many people say, Oh, buy do real estate with no money down. I mean, you, you could try to do that, but I think that it, you're going to have a very hard time doing it. If you have money in the bank, you can make a much better impact. Or if you're, if your close circle around you has some sort of funds that you can leverage, then that's going to make your life a whole lot easier. So if you're fresh out of college, I would, again, it took me two years to do my first deal and I was learning a lot, learning a lot throughout those two years. You can try to do a seminar, but I think that I learned the most from just listening to bigger pockets, podcasts, listening to other real estate investors, podcasts. I have a podcast where I kind of talk about step-by-step step how I started, what I figured out through all the whole process, how to build the team out of state, all that kind of stuff. So I would say learn, learn, learn. And then once you kind of have an idea of how the whole real estate market works and all the different ways to invest in real estate or ways to be a real estate entrepreneur, then you can kind of, the next step would be to go look at your resources. Okay, so how much time do I have? How much money do I have? And who do I know? And then once you can kind of, once you have all the real estate knowledge and then you look at your resources, you can kind of fill in the gaps. Okay, I have, my dad has $100,000 that he said I can leverage because I have all this knowledge now. So he trusts me, he's gonna invest in me, he's gonna believe in me to do X, X, and X. And then all I need is the deals. So now it's just about finding that next deal and finding something to pitch to that person. So that's kind of the way that I did it. I would recommend it if people, it also depends, like I'm an active real estate investor, which means this is my full-time job. A lot of people love their jobs, their accountants or lawyers or whatever it may be. And they love their job and love what they do. And they may want to be passive investors. So again, it's like, again, looking at learning, but then looking at, okay, what do I want? And what's my end goal? And what resources do I have that like separates me from my competition? So again, being an entrepreneur, what's my barrier to entry for other people? I love that. I love that. Let's, let's give one last piece of advice before we head on to the last round. When you're, when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling unfocused, I mean, you're, you're set to do a hundred flips this year. So I could imagine how many moving pieces there are in your life right now. <laughs> when, when you've lost focus temporarily, what do you, what do you do to get yourself back in alignment? And if it helps, what questions do you ask yourself? What I'm feeling the most stressed is when I like, for example, I have meetings sometimes for an entire day. Um, and then by the end of like, while I'm going through those meetings or doing those things, then at the back of mind, I'm like, Oh, did this get done? Oh, did this get done? Oh, is, you know, did these people reply to my email, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of get stressed out by not having, not touching and not looking at like my CRM or not looking at my email going through things. So 
for example, I was in Birmingham, Alabama last week and we property management company was driving us around to all the houses that we had. And like, we were walking through, like I didn't even have, you know, time to look through my phone and handle a bunch of fires that were going around. So that were going on. That's what makes me feel the most stressed because I have all these things going on. And then when I'm not there to actually put out the fires, then that makes me feel overwhelmed. Like you said, the way that I cope with that is that, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of just sit down and I just focus on one thing at a time. When you do have, I have 30 rehab projects going on right now. So there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> there's a lot of things going on and a lot of fires that have to be like a furnace and hot water tank was stolen yesterday and that's $6,000. I'm selling two properties at the end of the week and the roof, the roofs are leaking on both of them. So I have, that's an extra $12,000. So there's a lot of stuff that's happening and it's just really taking things one step at a time and just focusing on, on one task, completing that task and then moving on to the next. I think that if I came to my email or came to look at all the fires I had to put out and I kind of looked at the whole forest, I would just freak out and I wouldn't be able to handle it, right? But I think that focusing on one tree at a time and putting that tree out and then I'm able to go more and not just like freak myself out about how much stuff is going wrong or not really going wrong, but stuff that I just needs to get handled. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? would say rich dad poor dad that's a real my but a lot of people say that book but it's a real mindset changer for real estate and for like a lifestyle whereas all the social media and everything is telling you to buy a lamborghini and all this kind of crap but that's really a mindset changing book that can help you think more long term and about future generations that you're going to have as well what is your favorite lifestyle design app this can be a business app or a tool I just got an app called app, A-P-P-H-I. So it schedules all your Instagram posts and you could schedule them far out in advance. And you can actually upload the videos and photos, put all the subtitles and then automatically posts. So, cause I post every single day on Instagram and oh my God, it's a drag waking up at 7 a.m. to post and then like having to think while you just woke up, right? So if you have an assistant or if you have one Sunday and you can post for the whole week and schedule it all out, then you something you don't have to think about. That's true. I love it. I love it. That's a good app to recommend. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? Oh, wow. Many things. I'm able to work from home. I'm able to, to move things around in my schedule, I guess. Like people can't really book meetings with me. I book meetings with other people and I can change those around. I play soccer five times a week and most of the time it's during the day. It's not at night because it's freezing or not freezing, but it's cold. I mean, I'm in LA. <laughs> it's colder at night. And it's not as much fun as playing at like 11 a.m. Or, or noon, right? So being able to have that, that luxury that I'm able to move things around in my schedule, I'm able to go in the middle of the day and actually work out and working out has helped me a lot with reducing that stress that you were talking about too. And then you come back with a clear vision and be like, okay, well now I can, now I can really focus because I have all that, uh, adrenaline out. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, same here. I'm actually going to go work out right after this. So <laughs> <laughs> what were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Oh shit. So I knew that what I was, I mean, again, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I knew what it takes to even make the smallest of impact. 
and like just knew that it was a numbers game and numbers means a lot of time like calling every single calling 200 agents that takes a lot of time even if it's just a minute per phone call but then you have one phone call that's 30 minutes and then you can't make those other 30 phone calls that you're supposed to make that day so i knew that the sacrifice was going to be my time but that's why everybody always says oh you have to love what you do because if you don't when you wake up at 7 a.m and work all the way until 10 p.m that if you don't love it, you're not gonna you're not gonna do that. You're gonna go from nine to five, and going from nine to five when you're the the entrepreneur who started the company, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna last that long because it, there's just so much more to do, more, so much more things that you need to do, and all those things take time, especially at the very beginning. So, I knew that the sacrifice was gonna be time. I knew that it was gonna be you know not being able to go home as much, not being able to hang out with friends or go on trips with people because I need to sit here and do what I need to do. But it's not really a, a sacrifice because I love it and it's fun. And now it's you know cool to be on a like I never thought I would be on somebody else's podcast talking about my story. I never thought that would happen. So it all pays off in the end, in my opinion, even though they may be called sacrifices, it's way better than going and getting drunk and being hung over the next day. Love it. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? I would say my dad. My dad's always been the one who really pushed me to be an entrepreneur. He didn't, while I was in high school, he told me to go in and get an internship. And the reason why he told me to get an internship because he, he was always like, oh, I would go and pitch him business ideas ever since I was a little kid. Oh, dad, I want to sell soda at school. Can I borrow 20 bucks and I'm going to go and sell soda at school and I'll give you, you know, $22 back and I'll keep the rest. He was like, okay, let's walk through the numbers and blah, blah, blah right? It's kind of like that. So I was always going to him even for the smallest of things. And he was, even if he thought it was a bad idea, I think he would still give me the money just so that I can learn a lesson, right? And then in high school, he was like, hey, I want you to go and get a, an internship at a, at a company. And I was like, why? I want to be, I want to own my own business. I never want to work for anybody because he, he had kind of ingrained that into me. And I was like, why do you want me to do this? He was, he was like, I want you to learn what it feels like to work for somebody else. So I went, I applied for a million internships. I got one. I was working there for nine months. And oh my God, it was like, after that nine months, I was like, yeah, I'm never working for anybody else. So it was kind of a, a lesson to show me that, you know, you can't, you got to go and really see what it tastes like and why people don't like, like, cause I was a little kid. I was like, why do, why do people not like working for somebody else? Why don't the, why do they hate their jobs, et cetera. But then going and having that experience, that internship where I had to go and be there at a set time and do certain tasks. And then, you know, it was in a presentation slide and my name wasn't even mentioned, but I had made the whole presentation, you know, it makes you feel not important, right? Cause you're just a little intern. But it's the same thing, even if you graduate college and go and work somewhere full time, you're always working for somebody else. And that person is making money off all the work that you're doing, and it's gonna be tenfold what they're paying you. Um, so I think that, that my dad was the biggest thing, and of course, he made this whole thing possible. Without him and without his belief, you know, I have a podcast too where I interview a lot of people, and a lot of, a lot of dads and parents and uncles wouldn't have taken that risk and invested $40,000 into just a concept. So doing that and taking that leap of faith with me and really trusting me, it was just some 21 year old kid who had an idea. It wouldn't have been possible without that. Uh, yeah. Last but not least, my man, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? I think it's uh, action, not taking enough action and giving up way too early. Again, it took me two years and trust me, the amount of times I wanted to give up and, you know, just go and apply for a job. Uh, there was a lot of moments like that. Once you start on your journey, 
you may have this idea of what you want to do. Oh, I want to flip houses in LA. That's what my, that's what I wanted to do. I want to, of course, everybody wants to flip the house next door. That's to be the sexiest thing ever. I want to go flip houses in Beverly Hills and raise money and do all that kind of stuff. But while you go through that learning process and you look at your resources and you're double checking, oh, do I have the ability to do these things? With $40,000, there's no way I can flip a house in LA. So you have to pivot, you have to learn, you have to be okay with changing what you originally had planned for something else. And so that's that happened many, 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 many times. Where, okay, I can't flip, let me wholesale. Oh, fl- wholesaling is a whole lot of work and not that much reward and it doesn't even sound that much fun. So then I would, you know, then you pivot again. Okay, maybe we'll go with the rental property thing. My dad mentions, oh yeah, that'd be great for me because blah, blah, blah. And then you look at your resources again. Oh, we can actually make that strategy happen. Okay, now let's take more action and start building a team and learning how to build a team. So I think it's it's just not taking enough action. Like you, you probably get it a lot too. Oh, I made, how many realtors you called? 12? Okay, well, you need to call 1,200 realtors, then give me a call back. And I get a lot of DMs on Instagram too, because I post a lot of content there as well. And people all the time are asking me, oh, how did you do it? How did you, how did you find your team? How did you build your team? I've been calling people all day long. I was like, how many com- numbers have you, have you called? Oh yeah, 20, 20 people I called. And it's like, okay, well, you're not even close to the amount of number. And you know, people are asking for like mentors and stuff for me all the time as well. And I'm like, go listen to every single episode of my podcast, take notes, and then I'll allow, then we'll have a one hour session or, you know, go call a thousand realtors, then we'll have a session. And I know they're never going (laughs) to, yeah. And it's like, go and take some, show me that you'll take the action and then I'll help you along the way. And I actually just hired somebody who's going to be handling my sales side of things. And it was the same thing. I was like, go listen to all my podcasts, come back to me, and then I'll, I'll see about bringing you onto the team. She did it. She took notes about everything. And now it helps me a lot more because I know how to help her the most. And now she's, she's helping us grow the business now. That is awesome. That is awesome, my man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, this is this has been an amazing interview, and I've I've gotten so many value nuggets from this conversation. I know our listeners have as well. If any of them want to reach out to you, learn a little bit more about you, just say hi. Where where can they find some of your information? Sure. So Instagram, I'm on there all the time. Instagram is Martel Antoine M A R T E L A N T O I N E. And then my company, if you want to learn more about us and what we do, it's martelturnkey.com. M-A-R-T-E-L, turnkey, T-U-R-N-K-E-Y. Love it. I love it. Well, Mr. Antoine, this has been simply amazing. And it's one of those things where I love, like I talked to a ton of investors and not everybody has this give back component. There's a yeah. very few uh, of us who do have this give back component. You're one of those people. So I definitely enjoy and love what you're doing in the community. Keep it up. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.